Read as much as you want from over 1 million books and 5,000 audiobooks with Kindle Unlimited. Enjoy Kindle Unlimited on any device with the Kindle app and read anytime, anywhere. Books may be added and removed from time to time, but with a variety of genres and titles, you're sure to find your next favorite read. For a limited time, get two months of Kindle Unlimited for just 99 cents by visiting Amazon.com slash all the books. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 205, and today we are talking about books being released on April 23rd, 2019, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Tears of Price, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello! Hello! Thank you for having me again. Of course! I love talking to people about books. It's the best. It is. Um, I'm really excited about these this week of books, too. This is a good month for books. Yeah, it's been a great April. Um, the, but I think the apocalypse is happening outside right now. Oh, no. Like, in, the, in like the few moments since we started recording and I read the pre-roll, uh, the sun has come out and gone away, like, three times, and now it's getting really, really dark. Oh, well, I have some books about the apocalypse that I'm going to be recommending, or at least one book about the apocalypse, so that's probably pretty accurate. Oh, well, great, then. It's very themey. <laughs> it's very, it'll be, like, very thematic while, you know, you're talking about it. Um, yes. So, yeah, I'm just going to start talking about books. Do it. If you're ready. Um, I am. I just want to let people know that my first uh, book, uh, Trigger Warnings, Discussions of um, Suicidal Thoughts, uh, Depression, um, Some Health Issues, uh, if you're sensitive to that, you might want to skip it. My first book is... The Valedictorian of Being Dead, The True Story of Dying Ten Times to Live by Heather Armstrong. Now, when I saw this in the catalog, it just said The Valedictorian of Being Dead. It sounded like this, like, YA novel about, you know, like a zombie graduate or something, you know. But it's actually, this is a a true story. Um, And it was compared to Brain on Fire by Susanna Cahalan, which I absolutely love that memoir. So I was like, yes, I have to read this. Heather Armstrong is a blogger. I will admit to have not having read her blog. She has one called Deuce. And she writes about pop culture and music and motherhood and sometimes depression. Um, and in 2016, her depression uh, became very, very bad. It was like the darkest period of her life. She was in a suicidal depression. She didn't think she was going to make it. She was trying to hide it from people. She was trying to hide it from her ex because she didn't want to lose her children. She was just not handling it very well at all. And she was going to her psychiatrist who said, basically said to her, like, this is not working anymore. Like the medications she was taking were not effective and she just didn't know what to do. And so he told her about this clinical trial in which people are put in a chemically induced coma and basically experience brain death. Like, whoa, right? So they give you this anesthesia and it stops your brain activity for 15 minutes and then they bring you back. And she she went ahead and did this. Um, and, and that tells you, like, you know, what kind of place she was in, you know, that she said, okay, stop, you know, my life and start it again. Um, and she had this done 10 times and she hasn't had a problem with suicidal thoughts since then. So it's just basically like it's like unplugging and plugging the computer back in, you know, it's like rebooting a computer 
It's like sort of stopping all the activity and like letting it calm down for a minute. It's so like this is like wild. It's a wildly alarming idea, right? Like this this thing and just a fascinating treatment. It reminds me of I don't know, it was like a twenty twenty or something I saw many years ago in which people who were very likely to experience a heart attack later in life voluntarily went in and had an induced heart attack to kind of get it out of the way because it made oh it much goodness. less likely that they would have one. And I was thinking like. What do you have to, like, what kind of state do you have to be in to, to sit down and have that done? You know, like, agree to that. And this is the same thing. It's just, like, when you think about it, you're like, whoa! You know, and, and it just sounds so risky. And the medication that they give you is the medication that killed Michael Jackson. Like, the, the anesthesia that they're using, it's that kind. And so, like, there's a lot of, like, risky stuff going on there. Um, but she had a history of depression in her family. And like I said, her her... Depression was uh, resistant to medication. You know, she was she was at the end of her rope. It was like her last resort. You know, and it's very interesting. And so, and then there's an afterward by Dr. Mickey, who is the the doctor who came up with this this treatment. You know, and and he's saying like, you know, this is not a cure. This is we have a long way to go in like testing this. I mean, she's only one of a few people who have had this done. You know, so if if you're listening and you're thinking like maybe I would have this done, um, this is not a book like, about the answers to depression. It's more a memoir about one woman's success story, and they're going to continue to work on this, you know, and we'll surely be hearing more about it, you know, in the future. Um, but it's so fascinating. So that is The Valedictorian of Being Dead, The True Story of Dying Ten Times to Live by Heather Armstrong. That is so fascinating. I'm really intrigued, and I'm going to go put that on reserve at the library as soon as we're done. Awesome. Yes. Okay. So my um, first pick for today is uh, Storm of Locusts by Rebecca Roanhorse, um, which is the sequel to Trail of Lightning. It's the second book in the Six World series. So like, sorry, you're going to hear me ramble about a sequel. If you haven't already read Trail of Lightning, I highly, highly recommend going and picking it up like now. It was probably my one of my favorite books of um, 2018. So um, just if anybody doesn't know, it is a futuristic sort of post-apocalyptic um, story of this young woman who's basically a monster killer and she lives in, um, I believe it's pronounced Dine. And my apologies if that's um, not correct, or Dinete. And which is what used to be the Navajo reservation. And so in this future, there has been like major environmental disasters. And um, basically, the oceans have risen to such a state that like, only the mid or the middle of the country is still um, above water. And the part that is above water is kind of experiencing a drought, which is ironic. And so the people of Dinate have like built this wall around their land and now gods and monsters walk among them. So the first book is really, really good. The second book, um, Storm of Locusts, picks up not very long after the first book ends. And so like minor spoiler alert, if you've not already um, read um, Trail of Lightning. So Maggie is recovering from the showdown of the end of um, Trail of Lightning, and she knows that Kai is alive, but he has not come to see her, and she's living at home with his grandfather. 
And she's just kind of waiting around for him to kind of recover and see if they can't rebuild their relationship um, when the Goodacre twins show up and they say that Kai has kidnapped their younger brother and gone off to join a crazy cult leader. And she's like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Kai wouldn't do that. Um, so she goes with the Goodacre twins and they, it turns out that they have to pursue Kai and Caleb and they've been sort of um, like almost brainwashed by this cult leader um, known as the White Locust and they have to leave Dinate to go after them basically. So what I love about this book and about both the books actually is that um, Rebecca Roanhorse does such an amazing job of balancing like the nonstop action and really fun plot twists with Maggie's fantastic like emotional arc like she is never letting us forget that like Maggie is a victim of trauma and she is really powerful, but like she has a lot of demons that she also has to confront and work through and um, she doesn't trust very easily. And that has, you know, obviously some major implications for teaming up with people and fighting evil, but it's just balanced really, really well. So the tension throughout the books is just like always spot on. And I also like that that's really funny. Like Maggie is this really sarcastic, um, sort of take no BS type of character. And she is really humorous, but like the humor never feels too contrived. Like that sometimes that's like my complaint with like humorous action y books is it feels like the humor is just kind of shoehorned in there, but like in this book it just comes so, so natural. So this um sequel really like advances the personal journey of like Maggie and getting over a lot of her past betrayals and learning to open up, but it also in a really exciting way sort of opens up this post-apocalyptic world and it's just really fun. And so like at the sort sort of towards the end, they end up in, um, let's see if I can pronounce this, uh, Amangiri, which is like this luxury resort in the desert. And I didn't like, at first it didn't like, click with me that this was like an actual real place and then I was like I feel like I've heard of this place before so I looked it up on Instagram and it's like very very stark like total great um, place for a sinister cult to hole up so that was kind of fun um, but she just does a really great job with setting with character with um, plot action um, this is definitely a not to be missed series. So that is Storm of Locusts by Rebecca Rowanhorse. It's the second book. The first book is Trail of Lightning. I'm excited to read it. I put off reading it because you were going to talk about it and I have other things to read. So but oh, I am so looking forward to getting to that soon. Before I tell you about my next pick, I want to tell you about our first sponsor. It is Ritual, the essential for women vitamin. Uh, if Even if you eat kale salads and drink green smoothies, you're most likely not getting all of the essential nutrients that you need on a daily basis. Enter Ritual, the obsessively researched vitamin for women. In two easy-to-take capsules, Ritual provides nine nutrients you need to support a strong foundation for your health, all in their clean, absorbable forms. And all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients and their sources are out there for the world to see. Now, Ritual was a sponsor last year, and... So they sent me a month of vitamins, and I took them, and I now get them every month. Like, I, I bought a subscription, and I get them every month because 
I, I really enjoy taking them. Um, and, and I'm going to say, like, I'll just say, like, I was kind of skeptical because I was like, mm, I don't really believe in anything, doing anything for anybody. Um, but I started taking them. And by the end of the month, and it, it could have been just, you know, me, you know, thinking too hard about it, but it really felt like it did what they said it was going to do. Um, I just felt like this tiny little, like, more of a pick-me-up every day at the, like, because you have to take them for a few weeks before they start working. And I just, I felt a little better, a little more energy, a little more something. And so much so that, like I said, I subscribed myself. So now, you know, I buy them every month on my own. Um, they're not asking me to say that. Like, that's a true thing. Like, I really enjoyed taking them. And, um, and so I will continue to take them. And you can also take them. Uh, if you go to ritual.com slash books, and they are offering $10 off the first three months. And it's, you know, it's only a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients your body needs delivered every month with no strings attached. So you can fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. And like I said, I'm pleased, like, as punch in taking these. So if you have questions, you can ask me online because, like, I mean, I don't know the answers to everything, but if you want to ask me about how I feel taking them, I, I love them, so... Um, it is again, ritual.com slash books, and you can get 10% off your first three months and we thank them for sponsoring. And now nothing related to that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> my next pick is politics, the form of a mortal girl by Andrea Lawler. Now I heard about this book last year. A bunch of people that I knew were reading it. Um, it came out uh, with an indie press and did so well that they're re-releasing it, um, with a larger publisher. It is like this head-spinning, genre-defying novel. It's the, it's a little book. It's wild. It's dirty. It's amazing. Um, it's about Paul Polidorus, who is a bartender at a gay club. He studies gender theory, and he's also a shapeshifter, you know, like you are. And so Paul can change his body at will, uh, deciding, you know, if he wants to be a man or a woman, you know, depending on who he's with, what experience he wants to have. Um, where he's going. And so Paul, it's like the, it's the 1990s when this takes place. And these are like Paul's experiences in queer culture. I actually heard about this book first because there was a really excellent article with Andrea Lawler and Jordi uh, Rosenberg who wrote Confessions of the Fox uh, in the New York Times last year. And they also happened to both teach at the same school and be like live in the same building, I believe, and they're friends. And Jordi Rosenberg was saying that Andrew Lawler had written this homage to Virginia Woolf's Orlando. Um, I'm afraid that I have not read Orlando, so I cannot, you know, speak to that. But um, that is a big part of this, um, as I understand from reading that article. Uh, so whether Paul is a man or a woman, he experiences the queer politics of the 90s. It's also like this love letter to the 90s. It almost feels like historical fiction. Like the 90s don't sound like they're that far away. That or that far away. They're they're coming um that long ago, but it it just reading this it felt like they were so long ago. Um it's just very frank about sex. Paul is above all a pleasure seeker, so there is a lot of sex and sort of and also there's a part that deals with like what happens when Paul falls in love. Um, I've never read anything else like this before. Uh, if you want to read that article with Andrew Lawler and Jordy Rosenberg, Lawler has it on their website. There's a link to that. Also, with like they put a comment that says, don't read the comments because, you know, people are horrible. Uh, but this is just, it's an un unbelievable read. So it again, it's called Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl by Andrea Lawler. That sounds really fascinating. It's, it's so, it's so bananas. I just, I loved it. Uh -huh. 
Awesome. Okay. Another one to add to my list. I always add so many books to my list whenever I podcast with you. That's that's what I'm here for. Okay. Yep. That's that's your job, literally. <laughs> so my next pick is Ragged Alice by Gareth Powell. And I picked this one up because at first it looked like it was a sort of dark murder mystery um, sort of procedural, which I love. And then I realized that Tor was the publisher and I was like they don't usually publish these sorts of things and then I realized it was a dark procedural murder mystery with like a ghost twist which I was like yes so um that's Ragged Alice it's amazing um so the premise is the the main character Holly Craig is coming home to her Welsh hometown after being away for about 15 years So when she was a baby, her mom was murdered pretty brutally, and the killer was never caught, and her dad died not long after that. So she was raised by her grandfather, and she kind of had like a rough upbringing. She never really knew what happened to her mom. Her grandpa was a, you know, pretty good caregiver, but like everybody in town just knew that like she was the daughter of the woman who got murdered, and they told ghost stories about her, and sort of like all this, you know, stuff that dumb teenagers do, but it was like really hard for her. So after this like really weird sort of scary near-death experience when she was a teenager, she left not long after that and she hadn't been back. And so she's been living in London. She's become um, a detective chief inspector. And now that she's in her early 30s, for some reason she decides it's time to come home. So she accepts this transfer back to Wales. And I wish I could tell you the town, but I am not even going to try to pronounce those Welsh names. I apologize. My Welsh grandfather would be very sad with me, but I can't do it. But anyway, so she comes back and she – the first case that she catches seems like a slam dunk, easy to um, solve murder. Like it's really obvious to her who she thinks has done it. But like every time she gets anywhere – like, her suspect is also murdered. So it's, like, this really, really confusing game where she's just, like, going in circles. And every time she's like, okay, so so-and-so must have done it, like, they literally end up murdered, which is really puzzling. And so then she finally realizes that um, all of these murders are occurring in the same way that her mother was murdered, which isn't something that she's been avoiding for a really long time. And so she really has to kind of dig that back deep into her own past and figure it's all her mother's murder in order to solve all the things that are happening um, in the present. So I love this book because it's very atmospheric, like the whole setting of this sort of dreary like not in the sense that the town is dreary but like the weather is really sort of dreary and people are really mysterious and secretive it it just really does a lot to kind of build on the creepier elements and it has a pretty spooky climax like I was kind of like whoa did not see that coming I'm like if I have any complaints is that like it's only it's a tour novella so it's really quick and it's only 200 pages but like I felt like I could have read like another 150 pages of this story at least so it was that good again that's ragged alice and that is by gareth powell all right my next pick is a short story collection i feel like i'm reading a lot of short story collections this year it's just turning out that way um it is flowers of mold and other stories by sunan ha and it's translated by janet hung and it's out from open letter 
one of my favorite indie presses. Um, it does say it was published originally in 1999, so this is the like, 20th anniversary, really, of this. And Sungan Ha is a Korean author, and these are several very different stories, but they're all like about the quiet, unassuming lives of ordinary people in which sometimes very not ordinary and occasionally disturbing things happen. There's the title story. Uh, there's... I'm trying to remember like which story goes which. There's a story about a woman who's losing her memory. There's a, one about a man who's looking in the trash, uh, trying to figure out like life, basically, by reading other people's mail and looking through their garbage. Um, there's one with a power outage, and this man uh, climbs up this telephone pole and takes off all his clothes, which splinters. <laughs> there's one where the billboard, like there's this billboard of a woman in a sports car on vacation. It looks like paradise, which clashes with the events going on in the city around it, like these unhappy people like going by this billboard with this blonde lady in her happy sports car every week. Um, there And like, so, like I said, some not normal things occur in these, but not like, not in a, a strange way. But in like sort of like a brilliant sleight of hand with the writing, um, because you're kind of like, oh, I'm I'm just going with this, and not in like a whoa that's really weird and what's happening, but like in a yeah that totally is possible when you realize like no it's absolutely not possible because the writing just kind of like just takes you along with it. It's kind of mesmerizing. So it's really fun. It is called Flowers of Mold and Other Stories, and it's by Sungnan Ha. And now it's time for another ad. I was like, Yay. yeah, it's me again. <laughs> so I am so excited about this. Uh, our last sponsor is FabFitFun. So the 2019 FabFitFun post-spring editor's box is on sale now. So forget flowers. FabFitFun is all you need to make this Mother's Day magical. Because it's basically 12 gifts for the price of one. You get your mom goodies from a variety of categories, including health, beauty, fitness, lifestyle, and home, valued at over $200 for just the price of $49.99. And these are full-size products, no samples of anything. In fact, many products' individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. So I got one of these boxes in the mail a couple days ago. It was super exciting. I didn't know it was coming. So I saw the box on the porch and I was like, yee, because they have some really fun stuff. Um, I don't want to tell you about everything that's in the box because that feels like it would spoil it if you're not buying it, you know, for your mom or a friend and you're just getting it for yourself. But uh, some of my favorite things, there was a really cool pair of sunglasses. There was a deep sleep pillow spray, which was not a thing I realized existed until um, I try and help you like get like a more natural like sleep. Um, there was a really cool, now this is what really freaked me out because that morning I was like cleaning the bathroom cabinets out. I was like straightening everything up and I was like, you know, I used to wear eyeshadow occasionally and you know, I haven't for many years. Like maybe I should try that again. And it had this really cool like 10 color eyeshadow palette in it, which I was like, whoa, that's really strange. Um, it had a really cool little tray that you can like keep stuff on, like your keys and stuff. Um, I just, it's just so much fun. There's a bunch of other stuff. And like I said, these are like full size items. Like, it's like when you go trick or treating and they don't give you, like they give you the actual candy bar. It's amazing. So it's so much fun. Uh, so you can sign up for FabFitFun today because these boxes always sell out. So you use the code BOOKS to get $10 off your first box. You go to FabFitFun.com and start getting a box with a life well lived. Use the promo code BOOKS to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only 
$39.99. So go to FabFitFun and use the code BOOKS for your first FabFitFun box now. We thank them for sponsoring. Thank you. That sounds fun. Okay, so my next pick is a YA book that the Book Riot community has been very excited about. It is um, Tiger at Midnight by Swati Tirthala. I'm sorry, guys. I just, like, picked a bunch of books with, like, things that I was not entirely sure how to pronounce, and I tried Googling before we started recording, but, like, that's just our luck today. So, um, Tiger at Midnight. This is a first in a trilogy. It is a really, really fun book, and it has a dual um, sort of point of view, so it moves really, really quickly. So it's also inspired by Indian history and Hindu mythology, which is really exciting. I hadn't read a lot of fantasy or even just um, realistic novels that delve too deeply into that. So I was really enjoying this. So the premise is that there is this fantasy land that has been completely like torn apart by this coup, this royal coup that happened years earlier. And basically the victors of this coup um, have turned the land into this military state. And as if that weren't bad enough, um, as a military state, because they got rid of the rightful rulers and the rightful rulers um, performed this like very important ritual every year to kind of keep like the weather and the land in balance and they haven't been able to do that so now there's like this drought that's encroaching on the land so really really bad so the two um, main characters are Esha and Kunal and Esha is a rebel she's loyal to the um, rightful queen who was overthrown and she's also very secretly known as the viper although nobody knows that she is the viper she um, is somebody who kind of goes and exacts justice throughout the land and she's an assassin and she's very very infamous with the um, members of the army, of which Kunal is a member. So he's part of the new regime, and his uncle is actually the general who helped make this coup happen. So at the beginning of this book, Esha and Kunal have this like chance encounter. He doesn't think anything of it, and then his uncle is assassinated, and he has to go find who did it, and all they know is that the Viper did it, and even though nobody would suspect Esha because she's a girl he kind of puts two and two together and he starts tracking her and so what ensues is like this magnificent cat and mouse game throughout this fantasy world which is just like really really fun the two characters have like really great banter and like really just a magnetic sort of attraction but they're on opposite sides of this like very significant political movement and so Asha's goal is to like get away and get this scroll translated that she stole. Kunal's trying to catch her, but he also kind of likes her. And when they debate about politics and what's right and wrong, they both kind of start to see that like maybe Kunal's on the wrong side. And but maybe he, he wants to be on Asha's side. But of course, it's never just as simple as, you know, two different sides. So they keep running into each other. They're finding out more and more about the political machinations at play. I don't want to give away too much but obviously they sort of stumble upon the possibility that like maybe the um, ruling family that was supposedly overthrown isn't completely 
um, eliminated. So this was just like a really, really fun YA fantasy. Like I highly recommend it. Um, just great on so many levels. It's been getting like a lot of comparisons um, to Sabah Tahir's Ember in the Ashes, which I can totally see. I would also throw in Marie Lu Legend comp because Legend kind of has like that sort of um, dueling sides in these two characters that are drawn together, despite the fact that they're on opposite sides of this political struggle. So like, if you liked both of those books, then this is definitely a novel for you. And again, that's Tiger at Midnight by uh, Swati Tirla, Tirhala. I think that's how you pronounce it. Sorry, guys. So my last pick for today is The Last Job, The Bad Grandpas and The Hatton Garden Heist, by Dan Blefsky. This is just, it's a fun true crime, you know, non-murdery true crime um, about an actual heist that took place on Easter weekend in London in 2015. Um, There were four thieves in their 60s and 70s, that's why they're called the Bad Grandpas, and they decided to pull one last job. And while none of them are particularly skilled with their combined talents, they went into an underground safe deposit facility and stole $20 million in jewels, gold, heirlooms, and cash, making it the largest burglary in English history. Reminding me so much of Sexy Beast, which is, like, one of my very favorite movies. And this is basically, like, what happened. They drilled into this wall and went in and emptied out these safe deposit boxes. And Bilefsky is a London reporter who interviewed Scotland Yard and learned the ins and outs of how they captured them. He details the plan to rob the safe deposit facility uh, from start to finish. He looks at the lives of the four criminals, um, what led them to commit this crime, the problems that they encountered after, up until their capture. He does not get to speak with them themselves, which is kind of disappointing, um, but he talks to a lot of people who knew them, and you know they and all their accomplices were captured and convicted. Uh, so and it reminded me a bit, um, I don't know if you saw the movie last year with Robert Redford, The Old Man and the Gun, or read the piece by David Grant, which that is based on. But there's also about a gentleman here in the States who was in Florida and just could not stop robbing banks. Like, kept being like, okay, I'm going to get out of jail and I'm, you know, I'm going to go straight and it's going to be fine. And then, like, just kept having to pull, like, one last job. And it's just amazing um, it reminded me a lot of that. And he also got to talk to the gentleman in question in that. So it gave you more of like a perspective. But if you want to read like a fun true crime, and I love a heist book, especially a true heist book. So I recommend this. It's The Last Job, The Bad Grandpas, and The Hatton Garden Heist by Dan Bolesky. That one sounds really fun. I downloaded it to my Kindle because I'm really excited about it. Okay, so my last pick for today is The Missing Years by Lexi Elliott, and um, this is another mystery, and so it's about a young woman named Ailsa, Ailsa, I believe, and she is broadcast TV news producer, but she finds out that after her mother died, she inherited half house 
um, from her mother, and it was um, jointly owned between her parents and her. But her father disappeared like 27 years earlier. He was a jewel buyer, and he was on a buying trip, and he had like all these amazing, um, expensive diamonds, and he just disappeared. So naturally, everybody thinks like, oh, he disappeared with the diamonds. Um, and she never heard from her father ever, ever again. And her mother was this really famous artist who would kind of travel around throughout her childhood before settling down in and around London. And her mother remarried and she had a little sister named Carrie. So at the start of the novel, Ailsa has found out that she has inherited half of a house, but she can't really legally do anything with it because she can't sell it. She can't rent it out just like nothing unless she has um, her father's permission. And of course she has no idea where he is or even if he's still alive. So she and her younger sister, Carrie move up to this, this house. It's called the, the manse and it's like pretty, pretty much a mansion in, in the Scottish Highlands outside of Edinburgh and they decide to move in because, hey, it's a free place to live and what else is she going to do with it? And, like, she's just assaulted with all these memories of, of living there. You know, she was pretty young when her father disappeared. But it's a very unsettling place for her to be back at. And as she moves there and kind of moves throughout the town, she realizes, that, like, the town people really do remember her father's disappearance. And a lot of them have sort of these opinions about what really happened. And she's not exactly warmly received into the community, but she doesn't quite understand why. And after her house is sort of broken into the first night that they're there, she's really put on edge. So this is like a really good mystery um, if you like, you know, sort of uh, person. I, I don't want to say domestic because it's not really a domestic mystery, but like very character-driven mysteries. I really like the fact that like every other in between every chapter there's like a little paragraph of um like a story of where Ilsa's father really is and you can tell that they're all kind of like fantasies of like what he could possibly be doing and where he actually is and you know some of them she probably thought up as a child and it, it all kind of creates this like really eerie sort of suspenseful atmosphere that I just really really enjoyed. So I if you're a fan at all of Ruth Ware's Mysteries, I think that this would be like the perfect read for you. So again, that's The Missing Years by Lexi Elliott. All right. Those are today's new books. What are you going to read next? Mm, okay. Let me think about this for a second. I think next is either going to be If You Leave Me by Crystal Hannah Kim, which is my next book club pick. Or I might swing in a completely different direction and finally read Death Prefers Blondes by Caleb Rorig. I'm not sure yet. All right. Very different books. How about books. you? Yes, very different books. Uh, I'm going to read The Den by Abby Maxwell, which several of my friends have read or are reading and keep telling me how amazing it is. And I was so jealous. And then just by chance, I was like, hmm, let me take a peek. And oh, yeah, I actually have it. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to read that. I don't know much about it. It just says it's like two young women ostracized from the same New England community for the same reasons 150 years apart. Ooh. Yeah, and it comes out in May. So I'm definitely going to check amazing. that out. It sounds like fun. So that is it for today. Uh, thank you for listening. 
You can go to bookriot.com slash banana pants if you want to pick up some swag. You can get two months of Kindle Unlimited for just 99 cents by visiting amazon.com slash all the books. You can get 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash books. And you can visit fabfitfun.com for $10 off your first box using the code books. We thank them all for sponsoring. If you want to reach us, you can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com. You can find us on Twitter. I am Miss Liberty. Tirza is Tirza Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. If you want to leave us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash allthebooks, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, happy Happy reading. reading.